listening to Not Another Origin Story, the only podcast to survive the destruction of Krypton. I'm your host, Pokes, and I'm joined by Daily Planet op editor, Ben Chapman. Ben? hey How's it going today? Uh, we watched this movie. That's how it's going. Jesus. Yeah, Ben again decides to torture himself by combining talking about a film for two hours with having to watch it for two hours. I like to come in fresh with anger from a film. I think it helps uh, uh, fuel my conversation. Now, uh, this film was interesting. I realized midway through this movie, I have never seen this entire movie. I've seen like 15 minutes of it total. I saw it as a younger child and then remember it only through references to things like the insane time warp that happens. Uh, and other 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 absurd moments of this film. So yeah, I had completely forgotten its structure and some of the core points. I just remember, oh yeah, this is a Superman origin story, right? And, there's like and a, boy, boy, is it an origin story. My fucking God. I think I have a note somewhere, and maybe not. You know what? I, I told Ben before we started recording, I usually, I take notes because I'm usually drawing while I'm watching these, so I'll take notes on my, my little tablet, my Cintiq that I draw on, and they're really hard to read, so I send them. So I send them to me, and I decipher them while I'm at work. Forgot to do it, so you guys are gonna have to bear with me as I try to figure out what word I was trying to use. <laughs> Is it awful? Uh, arduous. It yeah. could... <laughs> I do see that one of them just says space with like eighteen e's. Uh, no, that's actually from the uh, the director's notes when he was when he was designing this film. He just wrote space. space. Um. Alright, real quick, uh, before we get into this movie, because, holy smokes, there is a lot to unpack. There sure is. This was just a a real plethora of delights. Now, uh, we don't have a guest, obviously, this week, but who gives a shit? You know Uh, what? I'm not bothered by it, because we we deciphered Batman alone, and we're going to decipher Superman alone. Yeah, you know what? That's fitting. Yeah, I think it is. And let's face it, even when we have a guest, me and you are still the two funniest. Now, oh, uh, my wife is in the other room, please. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, she doesn't remember she was on the show, so it's fine. So so hello to all you people out there probably driving home for Christmas. Um, hopefully we can entertain you thoroughly, uh, just the two of us. Yes, yes. So hopefully you're either listening to this waiting outside of a theater to see Star Wars, or you are on your way home for Christmas. Do you think They're... people listen to podcasts while in line for movies? Oh, I'm sure. So, I mean, I, I get. I guess there's no really like the midnight movie thing's done, isn't it? Because you could buy tickets for like an eight o'clock showing. Right. Then no one's lining up in like yeah, camping it's kind chairs of a bummer. anymore. I don't think so it's. I a guess bummer. not. <laughs> not yeah, really. I guess it's great because I don't want to have to wait in lines. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like a, a thing from that I. You know, yeah, it is a thing. I can sadly past. say that I stood outside of a theater for 30 minutes before each of the prequels to go oh, and get no. my seat. Oh no! No, don't and, do that. Yeah, they were not good films, and I knew it. And I was angry. Still saw him opening night. <laughs> Just wanted to be the first to be super angry. Do you remember that moment where you came out of the film and you hadn't quite processed it yet, so you were still kind of, like, positive about it? You remember that moment? When I, I'm sorry, what? When you, when you came out of uh, the, the, the Phantom Menace and you were just still riding that like new Star Wars movie high, so you hadn't quite processed yeah. that how bad it was. And the movie had ended on the Darth Maul fight, so that was still fresh Yeah, that's fresh what I was head. thinking. Like, I saw it, it was like 2 a.m., yeah, I got to school because you know, I was still in high school when these came out. So I'd gone to school all day. Went, I worked that night, 
until like seven. If I worked at a miniature golf course, so it's not like I was like you know like putting up a building or anything. But you know, I worked, went out, saw the movie, and when I left, I think I was just like punch drunk. You know, like I yeah. was just like, I'm really tired. That was great. Remember when that guy had two lightsabers? Oh, and so there was cool. There's some trade federation and some Japanese people at the beginning, but and some Jedi's uh, 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 fudging a, a, a race bet or something. I would, never mind. Never mind. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I, I actually went back and watched all six of the Star Wars movies in preparation for seeing Force Awakens. Really? That that wasn't necessary. <laughs> yeah, and holy shit, are those prequels terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. They're, they're so bad. Like, I was watching him, and I watched him with my brother, and he, like, insisted, because we had watched the, the original trilogy together, and he was like, well, let's watch the prequels. And I was like, I don't really want to watch him. He was like, we'll watch him. He's like, we'll just make fun of him. But, like, I was getting, like, angry during an Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I was just like, fuck this movie. It's so <laughs> annoying. Like, I was just yeah. getting angrier and angrier. I was like, they introduced <laughs> so many characters and then just killed them at the end of the movie. And then just introduced a replacement of that character. Like, Darth Maul gets replaced by Count Dooku. Count Dooku gets replaced by General Grievous. None of them do anything. And no. none of them are introduced before. No. Like, they're just introduced in their own little movie. It's bizarre. <laughs> Anyways, this podcast is not about Star Wars. It sure isn't. So no, let's, but, oh, so let's get to another disaster. We could probably do like three years worth of continuous podcasting, me complaining about the prequels. <laughs> I just uh, do it. Re- <laughs> You'll have to because no one else will record with me. <laughs> it's going to come after our Caged with Caged. Uh-huh. Yep, we've got uh, a lot of podcasts lined up. Welcome to the, uh, I don't know, we need to name our network here. Um, you got any ideas bouncing around? No, remember how long it took us to come up with the idea not another origin story? We had like 26 names. It was weeks, but it's fucking solid, I gotta it say. It is, it is it good. Is it, it turned out way better than the original. Now, uh, I just, I'm looking forward to when me and you are living in a nursing home together and still podcasting. It'll be completely irrelevant, irrelevant by then. But did you, uh, see, did you see Captain America 20? Fucking <laughs> bullshit. They really jumped the shark with that when they brought back Hitler. No, the literal shark. Like Hitler was on the shark, and it was it was lasers coming out of the eyes. It was, I mean, that part was cool. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. I do love a good Hitler laser shark. Uh, but they did it better in Ant Man fifteen. <laughs> you think there's going to be more Ant Mans than there are Captain Americas? I said fifteen. You said twenty. Captain oh, America. I, I heard fifty. I'm like, what oh. happened in this Marvel universe? They were just cheaper to make. <laughs> The, the executives really backed an aging Paul Rudd, who probably yeah. in, in Ant-Man 50 still looks just as fucking young. How, how is he doing that? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is not about Ant-Man. This, this podcast is about Superman, a colossal waste of my time. <laughs> Which is why we're just desperate to talk about anything, even Star Wars prequels. <laughs> uh, real quick, since it's just the two of us, I'm just going to do the by the numbers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget for this film was $55 million in 1978, which is pretty decent chunk. Uh, it grossed $134 million domestic. Uh, total, it grossed $300 million, counting the foreign box office. So this was a pretty big movie. If you go overall in our list of comic book movie adaptions... Uh, it's number 41, and uh, I should point out, somebody mentioned this to me, they're like, aren't those numbers that you keep giving going to change as new movies come out? And they repl- and I was like, oh yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs> so don't, you know, if you're listening to this in like 2020, I'm probably wrong. But it was number 41, and uh, if you adjust it with inflation, though, it goes up to number 7, which is quite <laughs> so, the jump. Do you think there's someone in 2020 digging up these episodes? 
Yeah, Ben. I think there's some there's kid like a... who just started listening to episode, I guess, like 300, <laughs> and he's like, "Man, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm a completionist." Are you he, saying like he's like me? He's like the me of the future who goes and listens to like 37 hours <laughs> worth of podcasts. You think like right now there's like uh, uh, two statues of us at the Smithsonian, and this is just playing on one of those speakers to tour groups? Yes, they were that important. We're next to the Millennium Falcon and Archie Bunker. No, no, I got it. Podcasts become so prolific at that in the future that people make podcasts to go back and talk about other podcasts. So we're like an episode of a show where they're talking about not another origin story. That's what it is. Not a not another origin story. Yeah. Wow, we get we're getting so meta, people, that this world might Oof. just end. Now, uh, what, what's uh, we'll do our connections here because I want to jump into this because there's so much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with Superman. Fucking a uh, lot. I, I'm, I'll go first real quick. I have almost zero connection to Superman. I mean, I know who he is. Obviously, I've seen the Justice League cartoon. I've read the big Superman comics. You know, uh, All Star, Red Sun, Kingdom Come, all that stuff. So I've read those, like the the sort of short stories. And I liked the the concept of Superman and that sort of condensed, linear beginning-end story. Never had any interest in reading the comics. I don't find him to be a super interesting character. Uh, so that's where I was. I don't remember ever seeing this movie. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure I've actually ever seen a Superman movie until Superman Returns. You are like really whole... melting the hearts of fans right now, aren't you? <laughs> I get. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with you here. I've I've long said I don't like Superman as a character. I mm-hmm. just he wasn't interesting to like the like nine. Well, even that. You know what? He's never been interesting to me at least. <laughs> I guess I did enjoy when he came back with that mullet, just because I was like, ah, mullet. Silver mullet is a treasured time in our history. Yes. But I'm a also gave us steel. I'm I'm a big oh Jesus. We're gonna have to do that at some point, aren't we? Oh yeah. God damn it! I hate this podcast. (laughs) I know that's why. That's why I actually just enjoy doing it because I don't like Ben. Just like knowing (laughs) that I wasted hours of his life. Yeah, you you should. You should hear the prep for our mini episodes where he's just like, "All right, we're gonna do um, Daredevil next." I'm like, "Pokes, please just let me go back to my." Let me go back to my life. <laughs> I just named three movies, and the no. one that he makes the largest ug after is the one that I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that one. <laughs> Not Ben Affleck. Not the Affleck. Um, but my connection to Superman, I think, is a lot stronger than than that. I wouldn't say I'm like a massive super fan. I could certainly be out um, out triviaed by a lot of the his his core history and his core story. I, I you know I wasn't reading it back in the golden age. I haven't gone back to read them. I read some of the essentials. Um, but I haven't like, yeah, I, I'm not like versed in all of his world because frankly, and I'm, I'm sorry for fans out there, the DC universe bugs me a lot. It's multiverse. It's final crisis. I, I just, they never quite have been able to rein me in. There's some parts of it I like, but, um, but Superman, however, is hugely important to me as a superhero character. And some of the stories that handle his aesthetic the best, I think are some of the best comic book writing out there. Uh, I'm talking Peace on Earth. I'm talking uh, Kingdom Come. Uh, uh, even just some of the um, the rewrites that came with Man of Steel back in like the '80s, and like uh, I'm just listing a top ten list now in my head. But I, 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 I'm sure you could look all this up on like a thousand different websites. But no, those core stories are huge to me because Superman's able to pull off. Like I think I said this in the pre in the the mini episode a lot. What Batman can do, which is when he's not just being dark and moody and throwing gadgets around. He's got this, like, bigger concept he can represent. 
You know what I mean? Like he can represent like justice and revenge and the balance of like, you know, anger and like and 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 justice. I said justice twice, but uh, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> going to point it out. You should just kept going. He's like justice and like revenge and justice and but, like justice revenge. But Superman's got like a, a thousand more of that because Superman's like this just this gigantic incredible symbol that can represent like someone who like the point I'm trying to get to it well I'll just cut right to it is is what you can get out of something like um like Peace on Earth which I don't know if you've read have you read Peace on Earth uh you know what I'm not sure so I'm not gonna say yes (laughs) the the core story of Peace on Earth is Superman is like at some point in his just daily like rescuing cats out of trees and catching school buses full of children off bridges He's like, I can do more, right? Like, I should be able to stop, like, hunger. So he tries to, like, fly crates of food to impoverished countries, like, every like every day, like, trying to, like, stop hunger. And, like, people freak out, and, like, someone shoots, a, like, a chemical weapons at him, and it ends up killing a bunch of civilians. And he's just like, oh, shit, I can't brute force, like, humanity into you know being better i have to just be an example like that kind of shit is so cool and uh one of the only things you can do with superman uh more than any other character so i think he's really important um but yeah like you said i haven't read his core stuff where he's got you know a fucking super dog and he uh yeah i mean i'm sure that like like you said there there's some great superman stuff and there's I, I I like Superman just because he's also brought up, you know, in all those like uh, like the Authority and uh, I can't remember the name of the other comic. That's basically like they sort of take the idea that like, all right, well, here's what would happen if these superheroes were more real, you know. And I do like that there is all that stuff you can do with Superman. You know, there's the point where he's like, I could be a god and basically control everything. Yeah, he's like he's terrifying, and the fact that his character is so hinged on justice is like, oh well, thank fucking God. He believes in justice because he has laser eyes and he could yeah yeah rip and like the a lot of ways out. he's sort of just like a, a comic book form of like the idea like the Christian idea of God which is like he yeah. can do whatever he wants but he just would rather be like I'm gonna be important and hopefully you like me I know that's a real simplified version <laughs> no that's really it and that's why I think he's such an interesting character yeah now, because it, you get all that stuff that you know they don't usually talk about <laughs> yeah in, in religion you know where it's like well what if, what if the you know what if he does want to do that or what about like the, the impact that has on a person to be like I could change everything but in doing so I they would have to be subjected to my will. So what's the point? You know, is yeah, is, yeah. it's hugely is peace worth losing freedom and all that. So he's got some cool stories. Now that you know, being it's not a good story, this one. <laughs> yeah, I said that being said, let's move on to the movie where Gene Hackman decides to um, do a real estate swindle, and Superman says, "Yeah, no." We'll get to that because <laughs> we'll get to that when Gene Hackman appears, which is in like an hour fifteen of this. It's movie. so long in the oh god. I there's there was a couple things that I noticed about this film. I started thinking back. I was like, do I just not watch a lot of movies from the seventies? I was like, well, I watched Jaws, Star Wars, and like The Godfather. Right. And I was like, I don't know if I can name another movie I've seen that's from the seventies. I mean, like, <laughs> when was Scarface made? I mean, maybe. I think that was in the eighties, though. But I I was like, are just like, did I just have to pick like three of the best movies from the seventies that are like well paced and entertaining to watch? Because no, this film is not paced at all. There's definitely a different like style of film generally, especially of the blockbuster variety in the seventies. It wasn't about like running action into action. It was like about like 
random events non linked well, together. <laughs> that's maybe not fair. It's it, it, it's it's about like details. Like what is Superman's like home look like? Like what is like what kind of conversations does he have? It's it's just like minutia that that, that happens in a lot of these movies. That yeah, was but that really important. Can serve a purpose. That's, I mean, I, I agree. Okay, but like that's a, that's a, that's the style that, that that seems to like be adopted in this like seventies, early eighties. It's like, oh, let's focus on this tiny stuff. Like, think about Batman, where they spend a lot of time not with Batman, with like who's the girlfriend of the Joker before he's the Joker for some reason, and why and how, what kind of conversations do they have? Like, they have like, these like, she dates a much yeah. very <laughs> yeah. mean man. They they peek behind the curtain to try and like uh, like create some like depth to these characters, and then oftentimes they might kind of fail to get somewhere with them, which is what happens here a thousand times over. Oh uh, yeah, well let's just get into this real quick. Sure, yeah. I I want to share with you what happened. I typed in this movie and I I I went ahead and just bought it on Amazon, thinking like this is a classic. You know, I should have it in my digital library. <laughs> Wish I had that $2 difference in between renting it and buying it back. But I started the movie, and, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm working on something, and I'm drawing, and the movie starts, and I look up to be like, all right, well, how's it begin? And there's just, like, this black and white curtain opens, and then there's, like, a comic, and there's this voiceover, and I was like, oh, shit, I wasn't paying attention, and I bought the 1940s one we were talking about on the minicast. Like, I somehow bought <laughs> Wouldn't the that wrong be movie. Great? Oh, man. And that was my first note. I was I actually wrote down. I was like, ah, oh, shit! I think I just bought the wrong movie. And I, I backed out. And I was like, and I was like, no, it's this nineteen seventy eight Gene Hackman. So I started back up, and it's playing. And I'm like, I still I think they sold me the wrong. And then finally, it just I was like, wow, what a bizarre opening for a film to start in black and white yeah. with a voiceover about a city that doesn't appear for forty five minutes. Right, because you cut from there to space. So what's happening? But also space to this real weird sun. My my first note right away was nothing's going to date your film more than a child talking whimsically about journalistic ethics. Like what? Like <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> that was the other thing. I was like, this voiceover is so crazy. There's no way it's from the, the 70s. Like I'm like, yeah. By then would have been like, what the hell is this kid talking about? The kid's like reading about the Daily Planet and was like the 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 source of journalism and truth and clarity. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Which has nothing to do with the movie. No. And then and then I'm like, okay, that dates your movie. But then I realized what really dates your movie is Marlon Brando coming up in neon letters. That that dates your fucking movie. Yeah, let's right also away. talk about Alright. We've gone into how much I hate opening titles mm-hmm. of films. I find them Well, then you're in for some long ones, aren't you? This one was like five minutes I looked down before they got to just zooming in on Krypton. Like when the names disappeared. It had been five minutes. I was like, that is excessive. That is way too long for me to watch names of, like, casting directors. I don't give a shit. Yeah, the production assistant gets a credit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, it was insane because I was like, those aren't, you don't have to list those. Unless I, no, I, it, I don't it, watch a lot of movies in the 70s, but I'm thinking even back then you didn't have to list those people at the beginning. You know, there's like a weird contract stuff. Like with the how I don't know Hollywood's real weird. You have to list certain people's names before the movie and after. Yeah, no, it's a call sheet you list. Yeah, yeah, it's but, like but, really... but opening credits is like the director, the writer, and like the top three actors it, or actors. Yeah, and maybe like, like the executive producers and all. Yeah, that. right. Yeah, those are that's the it. That are like in their contracts because it's like a union position. Like you know, the title. You, I was the... waiting for them to show me who Craft Services was. <laughs> I was like, well, who? 
I don't know who fed Marlon Brando M and M's. You know, like just go ahead. And- <laughs> yeah, I want to know who that guy was. He was the production assistant. Must have been real proud, just being in the audience. Like, ah, that's me. Yeah, right, 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 right after Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, like right after like a cavalcade of really famous people come names that you're like, I don't even know who. Like as a producer, I don't know who this person is. Now we get to Krypton, which. I, this movie came out in 78, so I know it's impossible because, you know, it takes like a, a year or so to film a movie. But so much of this movie felt like like just chunks that were like, eh, just use something from Star Wars. Krypton looks identical to Hoth. It, yeah, it's like a rocky, like, Hoth. Yeah, it's odd. It's odd, too, because, again, as always, I, I did my comic book research to be as in, in, um, um, informed as I could about the adaptation part of this uh, whole process. And... Like, Krypton is not at all represented that way in the comics nope. at, at this time. I mean, later it is. Uh, I is think it? it's inspired by this movie. Yeah, Man of Steel reboot in, like, the 80s kind of had oh, this sort really? of... Yeah, it, it, in, in that point, Krypton was this, like, stark, emotionless, like, almost like Vulcan planet where birthing was done by, like, machines and shit. Like, it was like, it was like science had gone too far kind of thing. Yeah, but, and I mean, like, the, watching this, I was like, well, there's that... In the Superman universe, there's like a whole city, a whole Kryptonian yeah. city that's shrunk down, and I'm like, it looks like a like something out of that movie Metropolis. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it looks like what people in the '50s thought the future would look like. Exactly. And, and I'm this... like, this looks like they're living inside of what appears to be a planet made entirely of crystals. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's weird too because the 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 krypton of this time like of the seven of the late 70s is like just is still just coming out of like the the silver age is like everyone's dressed like yeah like like in onesies and like disco suits and like colors are everywhere and like mountains are made of gems and there's and everything that they use is a like a cheaply produced crystal mm-hmm. like the dude goes and sets like the to make the stuff that he makes is a crystal like he, the ship he makes i'm like why is everything it doesn't make any sense the first shot, though, on side of Krypton is they come down, and Marlon Brando won. I, I, that had to be a wig. They gave him, like, the th- – either that or that, that dude has some thick-ass hair. I mean, it is just mammoth, the amount of hair he has. And it's, like, stark white, and he's wearing this weird black suit. Well, yeah, and then and then, then he's immediately swapped over later for those insane tinfoil-like – like yeah. glow in the dark. It suits? is bizarre. It starts in this room. There's like one light, and it's shining on. Like there is like a good three minutes of backstory for characters that aren't in this movie. No, no, and their performances are really good. And I was like, all right. And then I was like, as I'm watching, as I'm watching Zod, like scream at him. I'm like, this is cool. Like I was like, like super into it. I was like, this is fucking neat. I can't wait to see them fight. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's not in this movie. That's in two. Yeah, and then. You know, they filmed part of two during this, and then they kicked Richard Donner out, the guy who directed this movie, and replaced him with some guy who had only directed comedies. And so the second movie becomes, like, even zanier than this movie, which is insane when you think about it. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But, like, I was super into this scene. Like, Marlon Brando's playing the shit out of Jor-El. Yeah, I was going to say, Marlon Brando, this is the Marlon Brando that still cares. Dude, is, he is killing. This is the it. Marlon Brando who is like, I'm a really good actor, like Godfather Marlon Brando, not like Doctor Monroe. Yeah, Brando. But, you know, this is before he gave up on everything. And his fucking he, his fucking monologue when when he's putting uh, uh, Kal-el into the the weird chandelier that he ultimately takes off into. Um, 
that's a really good monologue. Like I was, I was, I was like fucking like looking at the screen. I was, I had, my notes were, do- I was not taking notes. I was just like, shit. In fact, I think I just wrote, damn. Like that was my note. It was just the word damn with a period. Like that was my note for that sequence. So I was really pumped for this movie when it started because there was so much. Go- I mean, yeah, Krypton was weird, fine, but I was super into it. Um, and then it, well, it it changed. Yeah, I like the beginning. They're like doing this weird disembodied head thing. There's like these heads floating. Yeah, and then they're like, you know, it should Zod be imprisoned? And they're like, it's up to you, Kal-El. And he's like, I'm going to hold it to you. It's like, well, all the other people said you were guilty too. Come on, George. You know, I, I was like, come on, Zod. Don't just don't pick one person for revenge. Also, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird to just chuck the Phantom Zone at the people who just sat down for Superman and then just leave it. Never explain what it is either. There's yeah. no you're being banished to the Phantom Zone. They don't say There's it. No yeah. description. It's just like you're imprisoned inside of this flat one-dimensional cube, where you know and they do do a good job when they're screaming about how they're you know like forgive yeah. them and give them another chance and stuff. Again, I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, I, I, I was watching it and I was like, does Zod show up in this movie? Because like as I was watching, I was like, I don't, I've never seen this movie. He does. So I was realizing that I was like, I I don't know what's going to happen in this film at all. And so I was like, maybe he does show up at the end. Like, maybe the movie ends on, like, a weird, like, Empire Strikes Back moment, you know, where it's like Superman gets punched through a wall and Zod's there. They're like, Superman will return, you know. But so I kept waiting for some reference to Zod. Nothing. He's never mentioned again. No, he's he he gives the coolest performance alongside Marlin, who does another fucking landmark performance. And then they're all wiped out in the first 10 minutes. 10 15 minutes and then we just roll with a shitty rom-com for like a <laughs> oh yeah 70 minutes i talk about that i also noticed that uh donner's like favorite film technique must have been uh close-ups because there's like 17 close-ups in the first four minutes of this movie. yeah and i'm yeah. like when i say close-ups i don't just mean like the person's face is covering the screen just a section of their face is covering an entire screen it's it's, it's insane and uh so yes yeah, so we got all that uh, um, like you said, Kal-El, or Jor-El goes from a very tasteful black sort of uh, Phantom of the Opera sort of outfit <laughs> to they cut to this. Uh, and here's the thing that, like, as soon as this happened, I was like, uh-oh. I, I was like, I don't like the way this just happened because this is going to be – this movie literally just jumps and you're just like, oh, I guess an entirely different thing is happening now. Yeah, they're just – they're arguing about, like, the planet being destroyed. I'm like, okay, so we open on, like, a prisoner execution – essentially in space and then we're rolling instantly into the planet ending and you don't really get a really good excuse as to why nobody cares never explains why the planet's ending no doesn't explain how anybody it can think that it's not going to be a problem they're even like the planet's just shifting its orbit planets don't shift their orbits that's not good (laughs) that's a serious problem they stop (laughs) i felt like i do realize what my my note now says which is at this council i was like wow man it's like Climate change deniers in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening. They're like, they're show, like, they're like, show me fine. a study that shows that uh, tells me that. Yeah, it's, it's just this happens once every ten billion years. We'll be fine. You're just like ah, so <laughs> just a bunch of Republicans. Yeah, it was just bizarre. I was like, wow, this is. <laughs> and he's like, I won't do anything. And I'm like, well, so like you should have told one other person besides only saving your son. It was kind of a dick move. So here's a side note as we move off of Crypt- Krypton, though, is I was doing my research to be like, okay, what was Krypton like at the time in this in the comics? Like, 
And I, like I said before, it was really colorful in like seventies, like 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 Flash Gordon, like fancy jumpsuits and shit. So it's very different than this movie. It's, it's definitely an artistic take. Um, but completely <laughs> quick diversion here. In looking up Krypton, I discovered uh, uh, Vathlo Island. Are you familiar with this? No. In the comics, there's an island in which all the black Kryptonians live. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah you, you, can, you can't see me right now, but I'm pulling my collar. And it, as it was described to me in the source that I found it in, it was um, an island similar to Australia and pop, populated by a highly developed black race of Kryptonians, not shown in any of the movies of the first thousand comics. Uh, and uh, even though they don't join the Federation, good relations are maintained. <laughs> yeah. What? Good. That's a very bizarre suck. Good, good cover up, guys. <laughs> way to way, way, way to literally segregate him. God damn it! It's the oof, sis, uh, golden age comics, man. Oof, not 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 firing on all cylinders when it comes to uh, uh, fairness. So I discovered that in my research. I just wanted to share that with you guys. That was that a, is, and that felt that felt relevant to me watching this movie full of like. Like, we're supposed to believe are aliens, but are, like, the whitest people. Like, it's literally a, a room of Republican candidates. Like, it's just... Much like, like... there... I think that we found the only, like, like <laughs> planet in the world that could pick older people to be in charge. Like, you know, like, when you look at the Senate, and you're like, they, like, elect a guy, and they're like, he's yeah. 39. You're like, holy shit, he's so young. And you're like, wait a minute, that's... It's not that young. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie, they cut to the people, and I'm like, holy shit, is anybody here, like, under the age of 70? Nope. Except, like, Brando is the youngest, but you can't tell because he's got that <laughs> sweet white pompadour going. And like all white-haired, staunch conservatives, they, they, they destroy the world. I'm sorry, I'm just being stupid. And they also all dress in Liberace space. <laughs> like, like, look, I know some of you people are out there watching, listening to this and maybe having not seen the film, but I want to indicate to you that I'm talking about, like, tinfoil if you shine an LED flashlight on it. I'm talking, like blinding suits from head Did to you toe. see uh, that really bad remake of uh, Clash of the Titans? Yes! You know when they show uh, Liam Neeson as Zeus and you can't even see what the fuck's going on because he just looks like he's one gigantic J.J. Abrams movie? Yes! Yeah. He's just all lens flares? That's what this looks like. And I'm like, why would anyone wear these? It's so distracting. Yeah. It's so confusing. And on such a dimly lit planet, too. It's, it's confusing. Anyhow. Okay, so Krypton... Explodes. I don't know if you have anything yes, more to say. Yes. But it explodes. What's also interesting, though, is they make a spaceship out of, like, really sharp, jagged crystals and then put an infant in it. I mean, this couldn't, like, put, like, some padding around there. Like, and the whole thing melts when it, when it goes through an atmosphere, which is, like, that doesn't seem right. Like, <laughs> that's the best you could do. Also a weird take, too, because this time it was just a rocket, like, in the comics. It was just, like, a, like, like an old science fiction rocket. So, well, whatever. Someone thought golden spiky chandelier was good, so they went with that. Um, which is where I think they must have had a different cinematographer for this next session, because when they arrive in Kansas, I am blown away. It's gorgeous. Every shot is beautiful. Debatable. I, I disagree thoroughly. I want to, I'm going to take some screen caps from this fucking one, because I thought it looked great. Especially the tail end of this sequence in Kansas, when it's just when after, um, spoiler alert, after Jonathan Kent dies... Uh, and Clark's like standing on that field. Man, I was yeah, into that's, that. That's scene. a great shot. Just red and red and white, like 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 red and blue. You know, clothes on, like red jacket, kind of bluish shirt, subtle but not too on the nose. 
And then behind him, there's, like, blue sky, sprawling Kansas. Like, I'm like, wow, they have got, like, this comic book vibe down. But um, that being said, there are some odd scenes. Uh, I think you're well aware of the running scene. Well, let's, before we get there. Okay, I'm just sorry. pause for a second. <clears throat> yeah. We cut to, as Superman is in his, uh, his little ship, and there's, like, a voiceover from Marlon Brando saying that this thing's gonna, like, has all of the knowledge of the universe inside of it. It's gonna help him teach him. And the person he mentions is Einstein? I'm like, but they say he lands in the 40s, which means, like, Einstein's still alive. How do they know? Like, it's like he's a contemporary person at that point. How do they know about him on Krypton? It doesn't make any sense. And, and, not to mention and the why fact, would they mention him and not like a famous Kryptonian scientist? Not to mention the fact that none of that knowledge or, or anything seems to be prevalent to Superman's decisions. Like he just seems to be sort of like an oddball. I don't know. They, they try to, they, they, this, this part sets up the idea that he's this like, like physically and mentally like evolved beyond humanity. But he doesn't showcase a lot of that. <laughs> In the movie, you know? Uh, there's a lot that doesn't get showcased or explained. So like you said, we get to Kansas. The ship crashes. We have... I found the whole interaction about what to do with a kid they found inside of a pod to be just real weird. They are super They're cool. so blasé about it. And then, like, uh, whatever... What is Superman's mom's name? Martha. Yeah, Martha. Martha Kent. She's, yeah. like, uh, she's like, I always prayed God would send us a... A baby. And I'm like, and you think that's how he picked to do it? <laughs> like, he's like, like let me just space? put him in a, put him in a baby shoot. Like, I know but, God is metaphorically in the sky, but I mean, he can, yeah, like, I don't you think know. you're really thinking this through. He doesn't use the like, package people in space shuttles. It's not really his thing. Yeah, he's not launching them from, like, heaven. That's not where babies come from. He's not just taking <laughs> come on, children Martha. through atmosphere. Come on. But yeah, they're cool with it. Pretty quickly. And also, I felt like when they, this kid comes out, he looks like he's, like, six. Yeah, he's aged in that pod, which is weird because I think the original... Well, it's real weird because they show his dick for like 10 seconds. <laughs> sure do. Um, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pave over that. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the comics, he's like uh, through like a wormhole or something, which is... is, is I, don't, I, I don't... To tell you the truth, I don't even know. I just know... E- either way, the fact that he's in there for like six years, that's kind of horrifying, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, oh, where's he going to the bathroom? I don't... Where is he doing anything? It's, it's horrifying. But I, I, anyway, though, he's still super strong and knows that he should catch this truck before it crushes, uh... The hell's Clark Jonathan Kent? Jonathan Kent! Get it together! This is I a comic book podcast! I keep wanting to call him the name of Spider-Man's adopted parents. <laughs> I keep wanting to be like Aunt May and... Anyways. So we get Uncle that. Uncle Ben Kent. Yeah. It's sort of like a weird... They seem like nice people, but they don't do a lot with them. And after that scene, we cut over, and now Clark Kent is uh, a kid of some age, apparently yeah, high, high school. school. Yeah, and he's being picked. I don't. It's it's real bad, but nothing is as bad as the running scene Ben mentioned just a minute ago. Uh, I, it I think is the worst practical I, effect I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna make a gif, but to 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 describe it, it's as if they suspended him by a harness and he kind of ran in place like looney tunes style because it's like his back's arched weird and his legs are all floaty and yeah, then he's just... clearly not running they're like yeah. moving him with like a crate but the other issue is he's not they weren't like well just run like you know a, por- a person does just yeah. like just run with no momentum underneath you and we'll, we'll work it he is running in a way that you're like he could not be going that fast under any circumstance 
And it is insanely badly done. It was so jarring that I just sat there for and I was just like staring at it. I didn't even write down a note. <laughs> I was just like, this is real. Maybe I did write down. Anyways. Yeah, it's it, it's the strangest thing you've ever oh, seen. I, I just wrote, I, wow, that running. I, yeah, I wrote, I wrote, holy shit, the train running. Oh my god. And that's all I wrote. I didn't have anything of note or depth about it. I was like, just that's the worst effect. And there's some bad effects in this movie, and that one takes the absolute cake out of that. There's some god-awful miniature work in this movie, but that one still is the number one disaster on the effects department. Yeah, I, I don't think anything is worse than that in the entire movie. Or in... I, that may be, like, I would say, like, probably the worst effect in any film we've seen. And I know it's easy to get nitpicky about old special effects. In fact, it's kind of it's kind of just too easy. But I'm telling you, this is the worst thing well, I will you've see seen. this. It's the jarring. Superman flying does not look real. It's clear no. that he's just on wires. Yeah. Never once was I like, no, oh, that's stupid. I was yeah, like, that's I'm like, not bad for the 70s. I'm like, they did a pretty decent job of making this dude look like he flies until the weird Lois Lane flying scene where they just are like, we don't know how physics works. F- fucking, let's not even get there yet. The, 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 their understanding of reality begins to slowly break until it disintegrates by the end of the film. Yeah, um, I, they might as well have just been like, what? who cares? Nobody knows anything about science. So, uh, uh, yeah. Jonathan Kent dies around this time, which yes, I thought kind of intense, man. It I, was very bizarre, though, because, like, he gives Clark, or, yeah, he gives Clark, like, a really nice little speech, and you're like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is cool, this is a good bonding moment, I'm really liking this, like, dynamic, and he's like, come on, Pops, and the guy jogs for, like, two steps, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, my arm hurts, and he's like, oh, no, and he just falls over, I'm like, no, heart attacks don't happen that quick. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be a couple of things. They talk about his heart being weak. I, I don't know. But, yeah, he, but, well, he definitely has a heart attack. That's why he's holding his arm. Because you know, yeah, but starts th- hurting really bad when he that back. kind of freaked me out when he like grabbed his arm and was like sens- sensing his impending heart attack. I was like, ooh, heartstrings, shit. And I thought that guy did a good job. And oh, it's you know, great. It was reminding me of when Brando dies in The Godfather. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I was like, again, I'm still on board with this movie at this point. I'm like, look at all this good shit. I'm like, oh, we're I like everything. But Clark, so far, I'm like he's real annoying. <laughs> I like, I like. So they go to the funeral, which is only attended by like three people. Which I was like, wow, you've lived in this city your entire life, <laughs> and you didn't meet one other person. Uh, so then after that, Clark wakes up, and the spaceship is kind of talking to him. And I guess it's like, hey, you need to go out to Antarctica and throw this thing into some water. Hey, you're of age to smoke. It's time for everything to change. Yeah, it's just very weird the way there's like no, you're just like, oh, okay, I, I guess this is happening. Because they don't even explain that. Like, it's not like he's no. like, oh, the crystal told me. They, there's a shot of him pulling it out, it's glowing. Then the next shot is this really, like Ben said, a really cool shot of him out there. But I thought it was kind of a dick move because he makes uh, Martha walk all the way out there. I'm like, she's pretty old, man. You should have gone back into the house. That's a big sure. deal. But then he goes out to, yeah, he, like, like you said, he goes out to Antarctica, which is inexplicable. Um, he throws the the rod again. Inexplicable. They don't even give you like him like flashing like memories into his head when he touches it or something. Some cheap mechanic to give like okay, he 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 knows what to do. He just wanders into the un the the, the, the our planet's most inhospitable location. He throws this beam. He creates the fortress of solitude that the comic book fans know and watches of the movie are like um what. I was going to say, if you did not have a basic working knowledge of Superman, this film might as well have just been called crazy shit. Because I want to be, I want to make a point here. We're at like 45 minutes in. We're super long into this movie. He has created the Fortress of Solitude. He goes into it 
and then never goes near it again for the remainder of the film. Yeah, he goes in, and Marlon Brando's psyche, which he put onto a crystal, which still, for some reason, I guess he just never thought to let his wife make a, a, a psyche crystal. They don't do it in the new one either. Uh, he kind of tells him all this stuff about how, you know, he's never supposed to interfere with, I didn't really get that, human history his, and all this. Human history? Yeah, what does that mean? Like, I don't, I was, you, I all was things like, are history eventually. What? All right, I was like, mind. I'm like, well, never mind, fine. he can't save anybody because there's yeah, the go ahead, that Brandon. person grows, you know, what it, you know if he, he now saved what turns out to be the new Hitler or something. So it's very confusing. Then all of a sudden he just has a Superman suit. Doesn't explain where he got it. We saw Marlon Brando had the S on his chest. Don't explain if that's like a family symbol. Never explain that. No, nope, uh, not at all. It is – it's 40 minutes into the movie when he gets there. There's five minutes worth of this weird voiceover by Marlon Brando. Which it's is, long. And it just feels like stream of conscience. Like they were like – they handed him like 20 pages and he was like, you got to be – I'm not reading all that. Yeah, just like randomly, or he was just like skipping lines because it's just all over the place. There's no point to it. He talks about like he he says the word knowledge a lot, and he talks about like like humanity as if that's different than who the Kryptonians are. And then he's like talking about like space and time, and you're like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just from top to bottom. You're like, I what is? Like he felt like there was something good in there, but they just ran out of it. You know, like they're like, oh, we're out of ideas. And all of the moments in this sequence are big. Like you've got you've got Krypton exploding and the the death of a civilization. You've got Superman departing from his family and arriving in Kansas with this Americana theme bleeding into every every scene. And then this like this evolution of a character from like boy to man and into a, a, a hero where he has to understand justice. And like, this is the shit you're setting up. And then you roll from this weird like. 10 minute Marlon Brando rant on space and time to like the worst romantic comedy of, of all time. Well, That's where this bizarre. movie goes. It it's just jumps. It feels like the first 40 to 45 minutes to 50 minutes is a movie that they were like, here it is. This is how he gets the Superman suit. And it's cool. Like, and it's they were awesome. like, they were like, Ooh, we can't just make an entire origin movie. Something has to happen. Cut out like two hours of this two hour and 45 minute movie you made and they were like oh okay so they did that then you get all of a sudden you just get to metropolis clark is no longer a young man he's a grown-up he's an adult he's introduced just arbitrarily but also i I just have to point this out i don't know it seems like whenever there's something really bizarre in a film we both end up noticing it but i just wanted to notice did you notice when they first cut to metropolis and for some reason out in front of the daily planet there's a there's a fruit seller and he's like, hey, you want an apple? And then all of a sudden, a woman walks by, and he's like, hey, baby. And I'm like, wow, this guy's a real, like, sexual predator here, just yeah, in the middle and like, of the... And, like, someone tries to, like, steal something, I think, in the last yeah, minute there, yeah. too. Yeah, and he's like, hey, it, where do you think you're going? And I'm like, is this guy going to be in the movie later? Why am I spending so much time Yeah, I was waiting dialogue? for, like, Clark to, like, stop a guy. And I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. There's our Superman. But that doesn't happen. Yeah, it was just, I was just like, huh, it's super weird. that is, uh... And uh, then, like Jimmy... you said, it becomes like a weird, you know, never been kissed. Like it's just like a very bizarre, like romantic comedy where Lois Lane shows up. We learn one because she's abroad; she can't spell. Dude, you, like, like again, if you haven't watched this movie before, listening to this, she fails to spell the following words: uh, Brazier, massacre, uh, bloodletting. Which is a confusing array of words to misspell. Yeah, especially Brazier, because yeah. if anybody should be able to spell it, it's a woman. Cause... Yeah, you, you see that word. Not <laughs> to mention. Person who sees that word. 
bloodletting is two words that you must know. Like, you know the word blood, and you must know the word letting. Like, I, do, you, do you know what the other word she misspells is? What? She, she misspells rapist. She spells it with two P's. Two, two, two. That's, that's what White says at one point. He says there's only one P in rapist. <sighs> and it's like a comedy beat, but I'm like, you're talking about a story in which this guy's a sexual predator. He, they're... He's a serial murder rapist. Like, he can't no, no, no. use that story as a punchline. That's the hip-hop villain, the rapist. That's, that was just a confusion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the rapist is on the loot again. <laughs> he's dropping six, six beats and breaking up crime. Uh, also, he sexually assaulted someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he shows... So they're introduced to, to Kent. And I will say, I think uh, Reeves does a, a killer job. I think he's a good Superman... Yeah. And I think he's an amazing clerk. And that profile, man, that fucking chin. Whew. Yeah. But I think he does a great job. Like, you know, the, the joke's always like, how could you not tell it's the same person? Because it is right. insanity that you could not tell it's the same person. I wear glasses. If I take my glasses off, I'm not fooling anybody. Even if I slick my hair back, people are still going to be like, it's just you without glasses. If I take my glasses off, I look less trustworthy, I've been told. So there's that. That is true. Uh, <laughs> but so... You're like, okay, but he puts on, like, this thing where, like, Kent, if you notice, and there's a scene later in the movie where he's, like, going to tell her that he's Superman. And he's like, Lois, I want to tell you. And he's just like, ah. And she walks out, and he's standing up real straight. And as she walks out, he, like, his shoulders, like, droop really low. And he has, like, an entire different posture. And you're, he looks like, I didn't realize it until right then. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, he's got, like, a like a real meek, like, sorry. He kind of rolls his shoulders forward. And yeah. And this is the pitch of his voice by a couple yeah. of octaves. But it's 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 a good alteration because he doesn't go like, I'm a nerd now. Yeah, he, it's just... It's like just a, a slight. It's just slight. No, Reeves is killing it, like, playing that dynamic up. He Because he got handled the script or he read the story and he was like, wait, what? He just glasses off? Oh, well, I guess i got to make that work. Yeah, and I mean... <laughs> and he, he made it work. He like, does. It, I mean, you would still be able yeah. to tell instantly it's the same guy, but I'm like... Compared to all the other movies that I've seen, or like I guess not movies, but just like the idea, I'm like this. I thought he did killer, and I, I mean I've seen Superman Returns and whatever the new Man of Steel, and I didn't right. either one of them really. They don't really address Clark Kent all that much, but they were nowhere near. I just thought Reeves killed. I was like, man, he's a really he's like got that all American look. I like the way he plays Superman, but boy, there's not a lot for him to do in these movies. Uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen is there for no reason. He's 14. He's, he's a photographer slash spell checker slash coffee getter. Mid- middle school student? Like, he looks so fucking young. I don't understand. Yeah, it is bizarre. <laughs> and they do do some, there's a couple of good things in the beginning they did, which I liked with, like, Superman when, uh, White asked him to open up the bottle and he, like, struggles really hard to open it. Like, he can't yeah. get it open either. I was like, that's like... You know, that's like a clever little thing that I appreciated them doing. Yeah, this is that 70s, like, detail shit. Yeah, like, which that part I enjoyed. Yeah, they get it. One but then, like, this did not need. You Because what I'm saying is, like, you won't get that kind of, like, dynamic, like, these small moments in, like, a Marvel Avengers movie. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff is, like, a different kind of Hollywood making. And I'm not saying it's better because it's fucking tragic in this movie, but... I think a blend of the two would be ideal. Yeah, but you I, don't. You need you need the minutia, but it needs to be in service of something. Mm. Exactly. That is that is exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, but this is just all minutia. No. It, yeah. It's it's a bunch of like. It's like he was like, I really want to build this world, 
I don't want to do anything in the world, though. I just want to build it. I want to give you all the details. Yeah. And then you guys can run wild later. It feels like they were nine months into filming, and they were all the way through this sequence. And then someone was like, guys, we're doing a Superman movie, right? And someone was like, oh, shit! Well, get him in costume! He's got to go save some kids! Oh, shit! I totally forgot. I was just doing this Lois Lane thing for four hours. Yeah, and so so you get this weird dynamic with him and Lois. They get mugged. He catches Uh, the bullet. I like the mugging scene. That was good. It was weird, but I, I was like, "That's not bad." It was. Yeah. It was enjoyable. The that felt I, right. I did not like Lois Lane, and I guess, like I said, I didn't watch a lot of movies in the seventies, you know, or that I could think of. But they at least slightly portrayed women better, I guess, except for <laughs> not really because The Godfather doesn't portray her pretty well. But I'm like Princess Leia. You know, she does stuff in that movie. She shoots people. She's kind of like a, you know, like. <laughs> Especially now watching this movie, I'm like, wow, she must have been like, when people saw that girl, she must have been like, oh my god, a female character that does something. Because like in this movie, Lois Lane is not very smart. No. And she is fucking like wet as shit for Superman. Like when he's around, it is insanity. It's troubling. Because you have a chance to do something with her because she's – uh, incredibly smart, like like clever as a whip, like full of humanity and like and this like energy, like in the comics, like she's supposed to be this. I mean, like, like even if you go back and watch like the '40s cartoon, Lois Lane is always the damsel in distress. But every yeah. time, it's because she went and did something that was like ballsy, and she got caught. Like you know, what I mean, she's like, I know that they're in this factory, so I'm going to go to the factory and catch the bad guys. Oh, I got caught, Superman! I need you to save me. But yeah. I'm, like, she's doing something. She's not just like on a street corner. Right, and this, this one, woman she... is just in a series of just accidents. She gets in a helicopter accident, a car accident. She spells everything wrong. She <laughs> she's just a walking she... calamity. And then she just like yeah, just gets a gigantic hard on for Superman for like an hour, and then she does like an internal monologue song, and I don't know. She she does nothing cool in this movie, which is a super huge bummer. Yeah, and it, we'll get to something in in a little bit. Uh... Uh, but at, at this point, we, we the the movie shifts gears to follow some police officers for a little bit, and I'm like, wait, what movie did? Yes, did... very bizarrely, they're trying to find the the head of a criminal syndicate, Lex Luthor, but it appears as though he's broken no laws yet. Yeah, and he's he... not a syndicate; he's like three people. One of which is uh, like. Mentally challenged. No, like Abbott and Costello. Yeah, like they were like, garbage comedy. They were like, like they were like Ned Beatty. We need you to be crazy. And he was like, I can do that. They were like, No, 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 no. Like part of your brain got removed during a tragic accident. <laughs> crazy. He we, says we need you to be like a cartoon character that came to life but isn't funny. Yeah, like, can you do that? We need you to be Jar Jar Banks, but now. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Whatever, Ned, get in there. <laughs> you got it. I do like the way he says Luthor. Instead of Luthor. Like he, yeah, just... he might as well have, like, when he was walking, there might as well have been, like, scenes where he, like, pulls out, like, a clown horn. He was just so over the top. Like, just think of a scene where, like, a character has, like, got hit on the head and their hat's over their face and they're, like, trying to, like, get it off and then it goes, Bleh. like, that's his character the whole movie. I know what, who's that for? Like, is that for just, like, children who, like, no. Who can only understand sound and light. Like, I don't think even they would. I think they would be like, "What, what is the that hell for? is going?" <laughs> I, I think that was comedy in the seventies. God damn it! It's not though. We've seen shit that's funny in the seventies and the sixties. For fa- I, yeah, but I guess like this is. I guess I should have said <sighs> this is mainstream comedy. 
Yeah, I guess. I get. I honestly, I have no idea. I found everything that happened with Lex Luthor to be so out of place and so completely insane uh, that I was just like, "This is." I, I just couldn't believe. It. I was like, "This had to be from a different film that had nothing to do with Superman." And they were like, "Ugh, we need a plot for the bad guy." And they're like, "Here, just use this. We just cut it out." He like lives underneath of. Times yeah, Square of Metropolis? And he wears, like, a Willy Wonka suit. He's, like... And he wears a wig all the time. Yeah. But doesn't, for some reason at the end, just removes it as if it's a disguise? Yeah, as if he's, like, it's me, the guy that none of you have ever heard of before. Yeah, as if it's, like, the end of a Scooby-Doo. Yeah, like he's, taking, like, like he's taking his mask off, but everyone's like, I don't know who you fucking are, dude. Also, you can't just drop people off in prison and tell the prison no. warden to hold them even if you are superman there's still a justice system <laughs> anyways so we get this weird like you said this weird cop angle which is never brought up again nope they kill the he, he lex luther murders a cop it's never brought up he has a woman sidekick who they should have just called boobs mcgee mm-hmm. because they were just like put her in his most revealing clothes possible and make it like a boobs and at one point in time i the convoy scene where she's supposed to be the distraction, and they're Dude, basically gonna rape her? That's the most upsetting thing I've seen in a film in a while. I was like, this is not... When was this ever cool? To like, basically... fuck... Fuck continuity, but again, if you're not watching this movie before you've seen this episode, fucking Lex Luthor needs to steal shit from a missile. No, so he, he just needs to change to the right, missile's GPS, which is for some trajectory. reason located on the missile. And he assumes no one's gonna like check it. Oh, yeah, which never mind. They didn't. Fucking never mind. Which is but, but but to do that, he fakes a car accident and has her lay like in, cons- very conspicuously in like a like a fancy red dress in front of the car. Also, wreck. Like, this car is it like wrecked in the way that if she came out of it, it would have only been her head that came out. Of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and no- she's just like casually sprawled. And so the commander of this military unit and his, like, 15 soldiers come up to her, and they're like, oh, my God, call an ambulance. And then someone's like, well, what can we do here, sir? And he's, like, like licking his lips, and he's like, what? I think some ch- chest massage and mouth-to-mouth. vigorous chest massage and then mouth-to-mouth. And he's, like, licking his lips? And then and the, the guy I'm like, goes, ew, what? It. This guy is, like, 60. And then this, he's, like, you know, like a private in the military. is like, all right. He goes, he's like, no, I wouldn't ask one of my men to do something i wouldn't and so he has the men then he says men gather around and they form a circle and i was like oh my god are they all gonna jerk off on her and then he's like about face and they turn around and then it's implied that he's just copying a feel on what he yeah. thinks he's an form unconscious car accident car victim. victim they form a privacy barrier so that he can fucking take her dress off and do horrible things that's the joke what what do you mean? That's the joke. What the fuck? It was I was just like, what? I was like, that please let something happen. Like I was hoping that like it was gonna turn out that was Ned Beatty somehow or something, because I was just like, oh please don't let him And then alright, this was like a scene that I was like, Wow, this is going nowhere. They cut back we're we're jumping ahead, but actually let's go back real quick there's a couple things I want to talk about. Basically nothing happens in uh Metropolis until the helicopter crash. And then Clark becomes Superman. And then there's just a montage of Superman doing things. He catches some criminals. 
there's some people on a yacht, which he then takes and drops in the middle of the street with the people tied to it. And I'm like, that's fucked up, man. How are they going to get that yacht out of there? Yeah, that's super inconvenient. You parked a yacht, like, basically on Wall Street. Uh, you guys will get it out of here. It's just insane. I was like, wow, what a dick. But then there's a scene where there's a cat in a tree. And this is another weird thing that I wanted to see if you picked up on. Okay. Cause it, oh, they, I did. I, I, know you're, I know what you're going to say. It may go, go have ahead, just been me. All right, I'm, I'm watching it, and at this point, I'm like, I'm not really paying attention. And, you know, I'm kind of looking down, and I see the girl, and she's like, he's like, I'll get Mr. Whiskers or whatever the hell this stupid cat's name is. And he hands it to the girl, and she goes inside, and she's like, Mommy, Mommy, Mr. Whiskers was stuck in a tree, and a man in a red with a red cape flew down and got him out of it. And the mother says, what did I tell you about making up stories? And I swear to God, there's the sound effect of her slapping her. Yeah, she gets smacked in the mouth. That's another so joke. So reporting the truth. One, the truth. Two, child abuse is not funny. <laughs> yeah, that's another funny bit. This film was made by monsters. It is. Yeah. Or the 70s must have just been the worst. Like, I feel terrible it's for women who grew so up in the 70s now. weird. It's so weird, man. I, I was really confused by those two moments. They, they're not just, like, a little bit weird. They're, like, super gross. Yeah, uh... And, and there's a bunch of other, like, really kind of upsetting shit. Like, at some point, Superman first puts his costume on, I think. No, not first, but around the around this time is Lois is in a helicopter that crashes, right? Yes. On takeoff. Well, two things weird about this. They follow the helicopter in for, like, three solid unbroken minutes, and you get all the helicopter chatter. And I'm like, why is this in the movie? And then was, yeah, like, I was confused. I wasn't, again, like I said, I wasn't paying attention. But I looked down, and when I looked back up, I was like, the Daily Planet has, like, a little building at the, at the internet. Because I thought she was at the airport to, to meet Air Force One. Because that's, like, the line that had happened, and I was just like... Yeah. I was like, but, they have, like, their own tiny little apartment at the airfield? And then I'm like, oh, no, they're just taking a helicopter? But also, like, I don't need that. Like, it's a Superman movie. You've got... So much space to fill with Superman doing cool shit. And he spent, like, three minutes with helicopter chatter. Like, I'm coming in, like, four or five. I'm, I'm flying to the fucking building to pick up Lois Lane to take her to the airport. And I'm like, yeah, we know. That was already established in the previous scene. Not only like, was it already established, yeah. It was, like, completely laid out word for word. And then he's like, roger that, like, so-and-so. Like, I'm, I'm all flying. I'm over here doing this thing. And I'm like, why am I hearing any of this? And then, like, later, there's another helicopter sequence, and they do it again. They, they spend just, which, two to three minutes on, like, dialogue between helicopter pilots. Why does that make the cut? I have, I was just like, what is going on? And then the helicopter scene, like, makes no sense. One, again, Lois is not good. She just screams. Yeah, she just and she's screams. apparently just going to try to crawl, crawl her way out of this helicopter and leave two unconscious pilots that die. But Superman catches her, the, play, the helicopter falls off, and he just grabs it by the strut. And it doesn't snap off. I'm like, well, then there was no ever any concern of the helicopter flying off the roof because the strut was always holding it in place. And apparently it can support the weight of the entire helicopter. But yeah, it was just, it was not good. The weird child being slapped thing really, uh, it like really, really threw me. But so, so the helicopter comes off the top of this roof and she's dangling, which is just, you know, essential Superman damsel in distress stuff. All right. Two things happen here. First, a cool thing happens. Superman turns, and the camera is got in its foreground a, a, a phone booth. 
And it starts to pan out as he moves towards it, because you're like, yeah, there he goes. He's moving to get into his suit. And as they pan back, it's more of like a 70s, 80s phone booth, which is just sort of like um, a phone with like a like a glass shield just around the top part. Like it's not yeah. like a, it, it's like on a, like a pole, basically. It's not a booth, because you don't have those anymore. And like, that's a joke, like to a 70s audience. Like, ha remember when phone booths were different? Like, that's the joke. That cracked me the fuck up, man. Yeah, I was just like, what the fuck is going on with this? There was just so many choices where I'm like, why? And, like, later when he jumps out the window and as he's falling, his, like, Armani suit just becomes a Superman suit. Oh, yeah. Never it's explain just... how that... It's like his suit rips off and you see, like, the remains of, like, his normal clothing. It just, like, transforms yeah. as if that's it, one of his yeah. powers. As if his suit that he wears to work is, like, a hologram that he turns off. Like, that's what it looks like. No, I'm totally with you. It's bizarre. But then, did you catch, like, this bizarre kind of weird sequence? So he, he, he goes to go to the phone booth, and it's not a real phone booth. Haha. And then he just, like, runs across the street where he changes in, like, a revolving door. Yes. <laughs> just it's really what, stupid. At first, like, I was, like, I looked down. I was, like, oh, he's going to get the phone booth. And then I looked up, and I'm, like, why the fuck is he in a revolving door? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, I was, like, okay, I guess that's just how the scene in the movie's going to go. Yeah, but that I really like this scene because there's just like a really offensive, like stereotype, like jive talk dude oh, who's just God. like, yeah, you mean that's a fly outfit, yo? I was like, Ooh. yeah, that's a fly outfit, just like, just, just like, it's a super suit, man, like just like, and that's the only black guy in the movie, is and that he guy. is dressed yeah. like a like a character of a pimp in Times Square in the seventies. Like he could not yeah. look less like a normal human being. It's really not great. <laughs> and then and then we get to the thing that I like again. I'm almost like back on board for a minute because we get this huge like 20 like 10 minute mo- montage of him just flying around saving the day. That's, that's where the cat thing comes in where he's like stopping a, a, a shooting and he's like saving the people and like I'm like yeah, th- again, I talked about this in Spider-Man. I miss when comic book movies had superheroes doing like comic book stuff like saving the day of like core shit and then like going on to fight a villain all the current superhero movies are all about like life and death and the end of the planet and like they never just focus on like the stuff that makes them important to the people you know which is like saving people from everyday like tragedies which i think is cool but then they they only have me for like a minute because we're we're at like an hour 20 i want to be clear an hour and 20 minutes when Lex Luthor finally starts to put together a plan kind of that you don't hear about for another half hour. Yeah. Yeah, the whole scene with the missiles did not that could have been taken out of the movie and really But you don't even get it. that here. Like he's just like 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 coming up with the crypt, like the Krypton Kryptonite. Yeah, thing. well let's before this it's a big deal that uh the Daily Planet wants to be synonymous with Superman and they need to get the first interview. So Superman is going to meet Lois Lane. Oh, boy. And this scene was another scene where I was like, something is really wrong with the 70s or the guy who wrote this film. First of all, she, like, dresses up in what I guess is supposed to be, like, a sexy outfit. That's a nightgown. That's, like, a straight nightgown. What it looks like to me is, like, she's a, like, Blanche on Golden Girls. (laughs) Like, it's, like, that kind of, like, did people used to dress like that? But anyways, so also she's got interview. the sickest penthouse ever. It's just like, dope. just like this dope like rooftop garden penthouse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my like, all right. This interview is just like 
bad, poorly written innuendo after bad, poorly written innuendo. Yeah. It's like, she, okay, there's weird stuff about lung cancer and not smoking, which I forgot that, like, in the 70s, people smoked everywhere. But then, like, she's asking, like, these weird questions about, like, you know, she's like, oh, do you have a wife or a girlfriend? And you're just like, oh, God, I got it. Even she's a journalist, but all she cares about is his dick. And then I was like, I was like, oh, this is so upsetting until she's like, how big are you? And I was like, oh, come on. You just went straight yeah. for the dick joke at this point? Then she pauses and goes, I mean, how tall are you? And I'm like, oh, God, come on. And then, like, a few minutes into it, she's like, do all your bodily functions work? <laughs> You're like, yeah. dude, and, dude, gross. Stop it. Stop asking then, about Superman's jizz. Ew. And then the thing that, like, this is the part where I was like, okay, this is very upsetting. I don't like that they had Superman do this. It is super creepy. Yeah, she says feel you like can him. see through anything, and he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "What color underwear am I wearing?" Which is super fucked up when you think about it. And he like, answers instead of being well, like, like Superman esque. Like, yeah. He's like, I, first, "I wouldn't do that, ma'am," or something, you know. But yeah, like first, like, could you imagine you're like being interviewed by somebody, and they're like, "You can see through stuff." Tell me what like my junk looks like, because I mean, like, she's basically like, "Look through my clothing." I want you to see me naked. Which yes, is, I'm like, that's really creepy. But then what's super creepy is Superman, an all-American guy who says, you know, like, that swell is supposed to be, like, the most upright human being. Is like, I'll look at your panties. Yeah, they're yeah. pink. And it's I was up. just like, I was like, <laughs> I don't like, it really no, bothered me. It's super weird. And then he was like, well, let's go flying. She's like, don't I need a sweater? And he's like, you'll be fine. Which I was like, what a weird thing to say. You're going up into, the, like... You know, where planes You're about fly. to leave the plane of, like, Earth to fly. And you're like, it's this is not, cold? it's not, yet. it's very cold up there. It's uh, gonna rain tonight. But, but also, we, sk- I'm sorry, we skipped over some innuendo that really upset me, too. Oh, I, uh, I might just, have missed this one. Just real quick, because she asked him about his bodily functions, as I mentioned earlier, which is clearly a reference to his dick or. I don't know, but like coming, I, I have no idea. But 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 he like leans in and was like, "Yeah, what do you mean?" And she's like getting all sweaty and like, uh, "How do I answer this question? I I can't actually say your dick, like you know." So she goes, she just looks him right in the eye and goes, "Eating, you eat, right?" <laughs> and he's like, "Only when I'm hungry." I was like, "Oh fuck, man, what is going on?" Here? Yeah, I, I didn't even so think about gross. that. Oh. I was like, "Dude, it's Superman, man." <laughs> Yeah, I was so bummed because I was like, what is this? One of my main complaints with Man of Steel is I'm like, he's not Superman. He's not the all-American, like, you know, what makes Superman interesting is he's a dude who wants to always do the right thing but is torn by sometimes the right thing isn't the right thing, like we talked about before. Right. Where he could, and he, has, he could save the world from itself, but in the end, it would require him to subjugate everybody to him. Yeah, so and I'm, he has like – he has, like, a, a tentative understanding with humanity because he's not human. And, like, even though he grew up as one, he's sort of, like, still trying to understand because he's never going to actually be the same. So that's why he's always just sort of this, like, cold, like, I'm just Superman. These are my ethics. Like, these are my morals, my code. You know, I, I you know. I mean, he gets, like, friendly and funny and stuff in, like, Justice League cartoons or something, which is fine. But, like, yeah, he's not supposed to be, like, fucking telling Lois Lane how much he wants to eat her out. Like, it's Yeah, gross, you know, he might as man. well have been like, I can fucking finger you faster than anyone in the world. <laughs> God, I come so faster weird. than a speeding bullet. Oh, that wouldn't be good. Now, and then, and then at this point, they take off, literally, into the worst scene in a superhero movie, potentially, of all time. This, this scene, I wanted to keep track of how long it was. It's long. But I quit paying attention because I was so annoyed, and then it ended, and I was like, I don't want to go back and try to figure out where to start and stop... 
they fly. All right, they're flying in the air, and then there's this weird voiceover in which it sounds like Lois Lane is reading a poem she wrote called Can You Read My Mind? It's a spoken word song in her head for 10 and minutes. It's, it's, I, that scene, if it is under five minutes, I would be amazed. If, it's I, if it's 10 minutes long, I could see that because it felt forever. And in which they're flying in a way that is not how flying works. You can't, no. like, if you don't have the like, ability to fly, you would still plummet to Earth. Like, he has right. to hold you. He can't just, like, throw you out into space and you, and you hover, too. You're not a bird. Like, right now, picture what it would be like if Superman were to pick you up. Like, your arms and legs would dangle. He'd have to, like, hold you in a certain way. Like, some, like comics have made fun of this before. Like, there's, there's, how does that work? Like, you get on his back and uh, how does it work? Yeah, like, try, right. try to think about how awkward or uncomfortable that would be. Like, but then imagine just not at all having any of the logic you just applied to that scenario. That's what this scene was. Like, I'm talking Lois Lane and Superman holding hands parallel to each other while her legs are behind her somehow and she's just like flying like superman and, and just she's is like, like just holding on to him by just his fingertips and it's yeah. somehow keep and as soon as she lets go she falls i'm like why that's not how gravity works it's not subjective to whether or not one person can deny gravity or something and i, I almost want to give them credit that maybe they're just basing it off the fucked up laws of superman because i gotta say in doing my research, Silver Age Superman is a mess, man. He's a mess. Yeah, well, it's Superhead th- has some great, like, he's one of those weird characters. You know, like Wonder Woman in the 70s, or like in the early era, her weakness was bondage. Right, you, you yeah. You tied her up, she couldn't get out. And like yeah. 90% of her comics ended with her spanking someone. Yeah, exactly. But Superman shit is weird. Like, there's points where he gets, like, telekinesis, and he can, like... I mean, there's time shit in this movie, but there's, like, points where he just has time travel as a power. Yeah, they were talking, I saw, I actually read, like, a thing about this, and they said when Superman first came out, they would just write these stories, and then they would be like, well, how does Superman do this? And they're like, oh, he moves the object with his mind. They're like, he can do that? And they're like, sure, he's Superman. So they would just pick a power to solve a problem in the story. Yeah. So he has, like, millions of powers that are never used again. At points, he's, like, he's, in comics, in the Silver Age, like, just, like, years before this came out, like, we're talking, like, like, mid-70s, like, like, late, like, you know, like, late 60s stuff, he's got, like, purple rays that come out of his hands that can, like, levitate shit. At one point, and I shit you fucking not, he gains the power to shoot a smaller Superman out of his hands. What? <laughs> That's not true. It's, it's absolutely true. He shoots, you can shoot a mini-me? He shoots multiple. He shoots tiny Superman out of his hands, and they have his powers, so they can fly around and shoot lasers. So he he can make tiny versions of himself. That, that is yeah, that is insanity. Yeah. So I want to be clear about that. That I almost want to give them a little bit of a break because coming off of this shit, they they must have no idea what his like limitations are because the comic book people had no fucking idea what his limitations were up until like the reboot after Final Infinite uh, Infinite Crisis on multiple Earths or whatever. When they when they rebooted him and gave him a much more co- co- like cohesive power structure and origin, yeah, it it was all over the place. So I, I almost want to give them credit, but this scene is like they 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 could have at least said you know oh my flying like if I touch someone they can fly too as long as we touch like even if they had said that well, I would have felt movie, better. That, this you know is what the I mean? thing is like we we said this movie is obsessed with the like the minutia of Superman explaining if he needs to eat, ex- showing how he pretends to be. Clark Kent, uh, you know, showing Lex Luthor's 
you know, he, I don't, he has a pool and a flooded subway tunnel, all this weird stuff. And you're just like, oh, okay, I, I guess this is, you know, they're explaining all this. But then they just skip over, like, where did Superman get his suit? How does he find out how his powers work? Uh, where did he get the job? You know, like, all of a sudden he just has a job at the Daily Planet. There's just so much they skip. And in service of a 10-minute scene in which a woman reads, like, really shitty spoken word poetry. I mean, it's just awful. Like, the whole time I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And it just kept going and going. And at this point, at the end of this, like, during this, I was like, how long is left in this movie? I was like, there can only be, like, 15 or 20 minutes left. And I looked, and it was an hour and a half into the movie. So there was still an hour left of this. And I I was, at this point, I was just like, I don't want to keep watching this movie. It was, like, 9.30 at night, and I was like, I want to go to bed. This movie's so bad, I felt like, I just felt like it had to be 11 o'clock at night. Because I was like, it's so slow, it has to be later. So... They, she drops, he takes her back, the scene ends, we get the weird convoy scene we talked about, and we find out that Ned Beatty's character put in the wrong GPS coordinates into the missile, so they have to redo the heist again, and it works this time. Yeah, Why were because, either of those scenes in the movie? <laughs> because if, if your Superman movie didn't, didn't benefit from one heist with Gene Hackman, why not fucking two? Oh my god! And like the second one's worse. Like it's a, uh, it's just a mess, man. And again, all for the plot point that we're supposed to believe that the, the military is just going to drive a missile f- across the country and then park it and then just fire it, like not look at it, not inspect anything, just a nuclear missile, just an armed warhead, two with- nuclear missiles, and I don't think they ever like launched launched them. Like I don't think they. Maybe they did. I don't know. But, like, the footage of them launching them, they look like they're on the coast of California. We certainly... I guess we did shoot them in the ocean. Never mind. <laughs> we were... Yeah, but we... We, we did fucked up things with nuclear weapons. <laughs> but I'm sure we checked it out. Like, we're not just it's, gonna, it's, like... It's insane to think that you can put in a destination on the missile, and if you need to change it, you have to physically go to the missile and unscrew a panel... And type in the numbers. That is insane. Could you imagine in nuclear war if you're like, oh no, Russia's attacking. Shit, we have it set to Cuba. You know, sorry to get four, down there. Punch in four, seven, two, no, wait, three? No, uh, damn it, why aren't we better at this? It was just, it, like, the, and the plot made zero sense. Because then, like, part of the plot was he was going to hit this fault and it was going to cause uh, everything to the west of the San Andreas Fault to sink into the ocean. Which... You know, scientifically, even if they were to split apart, it would not sink into the ocean. It's still attached no. to the ground underneath of it. It's not floating. It's not like a Yeah, ship. we're not an island, yeah. Lex, the greatest mind of all time. But Additionally, if you wreck, if you destroy, like, Hollywood and San Francisco and kill billions, like, millions of people, I mean, like, if you just kill all these people and, like, eradicate a corner of our country to build condos, are you fucking joking? Yeah, no, and not to mention... You just launched a nuclear warhead, which leaves radiation, which means no one could fucking live there because that area would be irradiated. Yeah, and additionally, like, it would be a disaster zone for years. Oh, yeah, and then who would want to move out to an area which, at one point previously, part of it fell off into the ocean? Yeah, so when are you going to reap the benefits of your insane plan, Lex? Like, 17 years from now, you're going to build some resorts and be like, come live in the irradiated wastelands <laughs> and remember the ghosts of all the children that you loved and families that lived here that died. What is wrong with Maybe you? Maybe he just wanted, like, Subway a Subway-living weirdo. It was, 
it was the most bizarre and extremely point like when when we talked about doing this movie and I read you the description on IMDb where they were like Superman has to start stop Lex Luthor from and then like the next line started and I looked down I was just reading it out loud to you a real estate swindle and I and we both said that can't be the plot of this movie that would be insanity not only I mean, is that's... it the plot of the movie but yeah. it's the plot of the last 12 and a half minutes <laughs> because it comes up it, it's so entirely pointless and then you think, okay, it can't get any crazier than Lex Luthor deciding that nuking a corner of the country until it falls off, and then building uh, condos on it is a is not is is a plan that's happening. You think that's crazy? How about him? Uh, how about him doing it, and then Superman uh, fixing it, fixing the the Earth, like the fault with like. I don't know. Rocks? What, is, what does I, he I do? Don't. Let's real quick, before he shows up to talk to Lex Luthor. Oh, right. Jesus Christ. And Lex Luthor has Ugh. hidden kryptonite in a lead box, and Superman opens it, and he's immediately, like, he starts getting weak, and his first reaction isn't just to immediately close the lid and be fine again, <laughs> and then seal it with his eyes. He just stands there and lets Lex Luthor pull out the rock and, like, push it into his face. And then Lex Luthor basically is going to make him drowned. And then Busty Sinclair, because I don't remember her character's actual name, shows up. And when they first showed her in this scene, when she first came out, I was like, oh, that's weird. She's actually wearing, like, an actual outfit. Like, her, her breasts aren't entirely out. And I'm like, she's just wearing a nice, like, white outfit that doesn't make her look. Because they, they dress this woman. I felt terrible for this actress. Because they dress her so slutty, and they she just is, comes off real dumb. So I was like, oh, they finally put her in, like, a regular outfit. And then they push Superman into the water. I'm like, son of a bitch, they're going to make that woman in the white dress jump into the water just so they can have it ha- like cling to her breast. And I was like, this is so upsetting. Yeah. And then she does, and while he's weak, she kisses him? It's con- yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then she takes it off, and he said, why did you kiss me? And she said, because I didn't think you would let me do it afterwards. Why can't I get it on with a nice guy? And I was like, did get it on in the 70s not mean the same thing that it does like when I was younger? I don't think it does. <laughs> but I'm also just like, this is like a weird power trip for this director, isn't it? Like, uh, it, we're like, it, we're like <laughs> women are like trying, like, 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 like doing everything they can to like fuck Superman. Like it, it felt like, um, you know, like they say that like Michael Bay just finds attractive women and he's like, I'll put you in my next movie just so you can like try to bone him. I don't know if that's actually true. I don't want to say anything. It could be like, right. I've heard that as a rumor that he like, that's why like, you'll see like in his movies, there'll be an extra that he focuses on. Who's just like this gorgeous woman. And you're like, that's a weird inclusion. And it's like, cause he just wants to have sex with him. Don't know if that's true. Don't hold me to that Michael Bay. But I felt like this was in the era where in Hollywood you got roles by like having sex with the casting director. It feels a lot that it way. It just felt so dirty. And I felt like watching it, I was like, I feel bad for. I don't mean to like under like, like undercut this woman's like you know actress. She like, was pret- fine as an actress. She was fine. I don't mean to undercut her, but she's immediately in the movie as this bizarre sex object. From point A to B. Like, she's the whole thing. Yeah, the first... She shows up, and she's wearing, like, the black... Or, uh... Zartania kind of costume, where she's, like, wearing, like, a... Like, uh... Fishnet stockings, and, like, a bathing suit with, like, a sports coat over it. And her... Right. And, I mean, the woman is well-endowed, and they're, like... 
they were having to wear this real low-key outfit, and she's like smoking like a penguin cigar and stuff. I'm like, what is going on? Who is this woman? And then it appears like during the scene, you're like, is this just his secretary? Why is she dressed like this? Yeah. And then more importantly in this sequence, like, okay, Superman's been met with his his only – essentially his only weakness. Although I forgot about the lead thing. That's really stupid. But he meets with his only weakness, which is kryptonite, right? So he's – so Superman has been stripped of his powers essentially. He can't break the chain that he has the kryptonite wrapped around him in. He can't escape. He can barely stay above, you know – above above the surface of the water he's been dropped into so it's just chance for superman to be like brought to the human level and then to overcome it with his like you know powerful will his greatest superpower arguably is just his strength of will is that what happens no no busty no, sinclair this, jumps in the secretary just takes it off and then he because leaves. lex luther is going to blow up uh, like Hoboken or somewhere in New Jersey. And she's like, my mother lives there. And he's yeah. just like, oh, Hackensack. Well, Hackensack. Yeah. I knew it was one of the funny sounding cities. Why? I don't, I don't know, but and, and like arbitrarily, let's just assume he knew that she, it seems like he knew that she lived there. Why did he pick there? I, I don't know. It has, uh, none of this makes sense, but like it, it pisses me off because not only are, are these scenes useless, pointless and boring, but they don't even like play upon themes like they don't even give you this big moment for him to do it like to be superman to like overcome like his limitations you know he just fucking like drowns in a pool until a woman in a white dress like essentially a secretary a busty secretary just goes ah, there you go Sorry. yeah she's like you have to save my uh my mother first and then this is where to me the movie takes what is one of the most bizarre and confusing twists or not twist. It's like, all right, Superman's powers have not been well-defined to begin with. No. Although they've tried to define whether or not he can get an erection and whether or not he likes pussy. Uh, <laughs> Established. Yeah, those those are just grounded stone. Rock, rock solid, yeah. Now, he flies out of wherever Metropolis is, which I don't know where it is, because at one point during that eight-hour fly-around scene with Lois Lane, they fly by the Statue of Liberty... And I'm like, okay, is Metropolis just supposed to be New York of the D- in DC, or uh, is it's the- not? Yeah, but it's the not. Mo- it's- I think the movie thinks that it is. Yeah, but so anyway. I was like, oh, okay, I guess in this fake city, there's also a Statue of Liberty. Or did he fly sure. her to New York? So Superman gets out and he goes to get the first bomb. If they are indeed on the East Coast and he needs to go to Hackensack and he's in Manhattan, you could like he could fly. He could get to Hackensack in like thirty seconds. It's like yeah. probably like 27 miles away at best. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I don't understand. And then he flies up, he catches the rocket, but he does this thing, which I've never understood. Like a person cannot go fast enough to catch up to something and then not be able to overtake it. If you were fast enough to catch it after it started, you're, you're just going to go past it, you know? Right. So additionally, additionally, if they've launched two missiles from the desert, right? From like, I don't know, Colorado or wherever we're thinking this is supposed to be. They've launched two missiles from Colorado. One is crossing the continent to the East Coast to Hackensack. The other is going, I don't know, ten minutes away yes. to the fault. And then the other He goes he goes for the he goes for the long one. He goes for the Hackensack one first and, and goes all the way to it, then finally stops it. And so of course he fails to get the other one, get dumbass. Well then here God was damn it. here was something else that I thought was just bizarre. They have to quickly explain that they can't call back the missiles, they can't deactivate them, and there's no way you could shoot them down because they're equipped with this new technology. 
I have three questions to those. One, okay. this is a nuclear weapon test, which means it's not meant to be a live action. They don't... Yeah, I mean, like, this is a test. You need a failsafe. There'd be no way they wouldn't be able to disarm the warheads remotely. Two, if the test is not to test the anti-aircraft, like, why is it even attached to these test rockets? That thing probably costs, like, billions of dollars. You're just putting on two rockets, you're just going to blow up arbitrarily? Yeah. Why are you also firing two rockets? Yeah, what, why are What there the two? fuck is the test? What? Okay, guys, I want to take our best equipment and I want to fire two rockets at each other in the air and we'll see if we can make them hit each other. It's going to be great. Sir, just at a, I mean, just on the off chance something were to go wrong, should we have a way to turn them off? But, okay, now we need to cover what fucking happens, which is he, he gets the Hackensack missile. Good job, you saved Hackensack. Uh, uh, which could have blown up in the 70s, for all I know, and I wouldn't know about it because I've never heard of it before. Hackensack sa- is just one of those towns that, like, I guarantee you, they were like, pick a town, and they were like, Hackensack, and they're like, ah, that sounds funny. Albuquerque! <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just, like, yeah, it's like a real funny-sounding name. Um, so so he, saves that, he, he, he saves Hackensack, he kills that missile, and then he flies and arrives too late to stop the missile from hitting the fault. A nuclear missile hits. A fucking nuke yeah. blows up in California. Everything's fine. It creates an earthquake. Then it goes to shit. I'm like, why is the earthquake the bigger threat from, you know, a fucking nuclear explosion? I, it's, it's insane. And, like, what happens is... They show like this fault, which I don't know if that's what it looks like, because you know, like when you go to like a uh, like a baseball or football stadium, you know, and they or any like big structure that's outside that has concrete slabs, and they put that like thing of rubber in between the slabs so that when winter comes, they don't like it crack and crumble. That's what it looks like. It just looks like there's like this weird rubber slab running between yeah. like California and the rest of the United States. And I'm like, can you really see the fault? I I have no idea. Maybe you can, but I was like, that's really bizarre. And then it, it then it caves in. And everything's just to fall apart, kind of. Like, barely. It like, just all instantly falls down into what, like, I don't think that the inside, the, the way I understand faults work, they're not just, like, bottomless pits. Yeah, it's not just, like, a top layer of dirt that they advise you not to step on or else it'll, like, fall in, like, thin ice. Like, yeah, I couldn't figure that out. I was like, so, I was like, did anybody even take the time to talk to any scientist whatsoever about this? Or were they just like, huh. But... So Superman stops the earthquake, which I'll get to in a minute, which is insane. But um, um, but but the earth, a nuclear engineered explosion has triggered an earthquake on a major fault line, and the the things that happen in that those that time before Superman stops it, um, the the San Francisco Bridge shakes a little. Yeah, it stays up really well, which I'm also like really interested because I'm like that is. Not that close to the fault line. No. And it's, it, 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 it shakes a bit, but it's fine. And, like, a railroad track gets, a like, a like a gap. Uh, a railroad track that's, like, built up on a uh, dike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, do they really build tra- railroad tracks, like, 20 feet in the air in the middle of yeah, California? There's nothing it around. Gets, it's like it can flood. It gets a gap, and a gas station falls down. Those are the, those are the destruction Well, the other elements. destruction is Lois Lane continues to drive towards objects she knows are going to fall over. She's driving down yeah. a road, and all the light poles start falling over. Instead of just stopping and being safe because there's nothing else that can fall on her, she continues to try to outrun them. Yeah, I have, I have no idea just, why. And she's out of gas for some reason. There was just – But it made let, no let's sense. Get, uh, let's get to this point, though, because Superman – I want to be clear. Again, if you haven't watched the movie and you're just listening, Superman – 
flies into the San Andreas Fault. Like straight right? into this hole. Like into it. He flies down into it until it's like molten rock. So like, you know, where like 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 no part of the fault. Yes, um, which is yeah. There's no issue with the molten part of the rock because it's molten. No, <laughs> he flies down to the molten rock and he just like puts it back together. And I'm he not basically being just like sardonic those, like, Atlas, like where he braces yeah. it on his shoulder and stands up. And he's like, all right. And the shot of him fixing it from the air is spectacular. Yeah. It's filling back up, like the dirt's going back As up. As if to it's the full surface. of water or something. It's just yeah. insane. He, he, I want to be clear here. Superman is in molten rock land, just putting rocks on top of each other as if, as if you can just stop it. Yeah, it completely with no understanding of why an earthquake happens, how they happen, what they mean. Also, an earthquake isn't like an alarm going off. You can't just like reset it. Like it's happened. Yeah. It's like earth, like tremors have come out from the fault. They're, they're not gonna like stop. And so, like, yeah. well, we need to get some of this, but let's first, too, uh, uh, the uh, the Hoover Dam falls yeah. down. Sure does. Which, I didn't think the Hoover Dam was on that side of the fault, but I, I, no, it's, I don't yeah. know. And he stops, yeah. he stops the flood by pushing it over. He saves the train by using his body to be one part of the train track. I, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, I just, I stopped point, caring. I'm just like, what a bizarre... Just end this movie. Well, it's just such a weird choice of it. Like, what should we have him do? He stops a flood by creating a second dam, and he holds a train up. That's it. Again, I want to repeat, you have Superman, a character that can both be a street-level rescue hero and a symbol of greater elements of humanity. Real quick, I, I gotta say, I don't think he is a good street-level hero because he lets that woman beat her child, and he just flies away. <laughs> I mean, fair point. But you have this character capable of all this, and you're just like, let's have him do like, like good physical comedy for like an, a, a twenty yeah, minute sequence. Yeah, do like calisthenics or yeah, and he'll like be a railroad track because that's the solution. Now, at the same time, uh, Lois's car falls into a sinkhole, and then of the world's ne- like a never ending avalanche of dirt begins to fall. She must have like yeah. fallen next to like a gravel. You, you ever see those pits where they just mine gravel? They just yeah, take the bedrock and, and tear it up. She must be beside that. I've never, like, it goes on for a good five minutes of the movie, just showing her car filling up with dirt. And, of course, and, she has no ability to climb out of a car that is basically just tipped at, a like, a 45-degree angle. It'd be super easy to climb out of it. Yeah, and, and Superman is... Right now, at this moment, um, in Colorado, he's at the Hoover Dam. Yes, saving saving Olsen, and he he he's just he's just prevented a flood at the Hoover Dam, and then it cuts back to 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 uh, Lois, who just goes ah! and just coughs. She coughs. She literally fucking coughs, and Superman goes, Lois. She coughs. So he flies to find her, and Lois is dead. She, she doesn't say help. I want to be clear about that. She does not yell for help. Well, let's she be clear coughs. on another thing. She has been, quote-unquote, dead. And keep in mind, when he finds her, her face isn't even underneath the dirt, so I don't know how she suffocated to death. But he finds her, and she's been dead for, like, 15 seconds, and he does not try to perform, like, CPR or anything. He's just like, oh, no. shit, she's dead. I'm like, you can Actually, bring somebody back pretty easy from that. Yeah, we, we were taught earlier in the movie during the rape scene where you apparently need to massage the chest in a circle of privacy. Yeah. We, know, we know how it works. He didn't have the circle of privacy. Uh, so this is where the movie takes a turn, and I need... Pokes, I'm sorry. I, I just want to be clear here. She coughed from two states away. 
Do you understand that? She coughed from two states away in a hole. What? In, in their defense, ah! Superman really knows his coughs. Ah! Here's something that I, I have a question, and I need you to okay. maybe explain this. I'm hoping that you're smarter than me or that I missed something. I am. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Superman, distressed by the death of Lois Lane, decides to fly backwards, fly in the opposite direction of Earth's yeah. rotation, which would not mm-hmm. do anything. A.K.A. time. And he reverses the Earth's rotation, yeah. which would only cause the entire Earth to be dist- – like the, everything on the yeah. Earth to immediately go one direction and then start moving the other direction at a catastrophic rate, killing yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say, like, if the Earth were to stop, you would fly out into space at, like, a thousand miles per hour. Anyways, he – this somehow reverses time. So I'm with you there. He, we see How? we see stuff going backwards. How are you with me there? But all right, I, I, I'm at least understanding the premise. I, I think at this point, I've, I'll buy this concept because I'm just fatigued at this point. Yeah, in the movie. I'm like, okay, I get it. He's gonna go back in time. <laughs> Fine. They stop, and he's like, he didn't go back to stop himself from going to see Lex Luthor. Nope. He stops what? Because he says when he shows up to save Lois, I've been kind of busy. But then it's implied that he went and saved Jimmy, which means the Hoover Dam was going to collapse. So what makes Lois not die? Um, t- t- and what did he stop? If the Hoover Dam's still falling over, it means he didn't stop the nuclear bomb from going off. So how did him going back in time just save only Lois? And what about all the other people who probably died? I'm only going to meet your response with utter silence. I, I For the life of me, I could not... I was just like, wait, what? I actually even went back to the, the, the sweet like universal logo spinning around thing, and I was like, there's got to be something here that I'm missing. I watched it again, and I was like, no. For some reason, him going back in time saves only Lois Lane, even though her car is parked in the exact same place. I don't – it doesn't make any it's, sense. And they never a- explain it, and it was so uh, frustrating. And then what was even more uh, frustrating well, – not really frustrating, but I just thought this was – at the very end – She's like, um, he flies off to go do whatever he's going to do. And he said, and Jimmy comes up and he's like, man, Clark really, Clark's going to be worried about you. And he said, he always misses it when Superman's around. She's like, wait a minute. He's never around when Superman's around. Yeah, well, either Perry White. That doesn't prove anything. You've only met Superman three times. Also, also, you can't be surprised that Clark isn't around when Superman is around. Do you know why? Because you're in Colorado. Yes, it you're, I forgot to even... You're not in the same place. You, you didn't take Clark with you. He's back in New York. I forgot to mention... Ah. I forgot to mention another thing, which I found just... This was the scene where I was like, something is... I, I was going back to my original theory that something was wrong with the version of the movie I had bought. Because after the weird flying scene, we get the the convoy scene. And then the next shot is Lois Lane in somewhere in the desert talking to a Native American chief in her car. Yeah. They I'm yeah, like, be- what 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 the hell is going on? Where it's part why of the, is it's part of the real estate plot. But there's no thought- explanation that she's going no. out there, that she wants to interview this guy, that it's even a news story that someone buys land. Or that Native Americans are allowed to sell government owned land. <laughs> Or that like a New York newspaper yeah, would go they, investigate it? Covering basic property exchanges in New Mexico is beyond yeah. me. And if they do, it's not going to be like the city beat reporter. Yeah, who, <laughs> whose job is 
confusing to say the least. Also, and we glaze over this. She's like the city. I think they, they, I think they do say city beat like reporter, um, like early on in the movie. And then Clark shows up, and he's like, he's the new guy doing that. It's vague whether or not he's joining her team or he's taking her job. Either way, we, we see. A, <laughs> This female character who has worked her ass off to become this like fantastic journalist, and then Clark Kent's like, "Hi, I'm from Kansas, and I have a good chin. Can I have your for your your best woman's job?" Well, he please? gets he gets the job, and did you hear the reason why? Uh, he's a really fast typer. Oh, he's a fast typer, right? And he well, which is let's I, pause too. I'm not even sure if in the '70s you had to type your own news stories. <laughs> like, yeah. I assume you would just write them down and then give them to somebody. Because they have to be entered into the, you know, the, it has to go to copy to be converted, and where they would do all the edits. So it doesn't matter if it's spelled wrong. Look, guys, this is a long movie. This is a long, bad movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Also, like, I, I, did something happen at the end uh, of this film after that? Because I just have a note that just says, what the fuck? And I don't remember what it's in regards to. I don't know, because my last note is, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> what is the last <laughs> shot of this movie? I, I turned it off, man. I couldn't. I couldn't. That is couldn't bizarre that we both were like annoyed by the ending, but neither one of us could remember why. After the after the the prison warden, where he just dropped a man off and was like, "Here you go, prison guy," and he's like, "Thanks, Superman. You're the best." And I'm like, you don't know who that is. Like, you don't know anything about What's this it, guy. Yeah, it's this... insane. Is he drops him off and he said, "Who is it?" And he's like, "I'm Lex Luthor. I'm. You're all on notice." And it's like, okay, you can't drop off a criminal. To be arrested, yeah. especially if the fucking prisoner guard doesn't even hurt. I mean, this is insanity. They'd be like me just taking you to a prison in Chicago yeah. where you live and being like, <clears throat> watch you a prisoner. And they're like, okay. And Lex Luthor's response should not have been introducing himself. His response should have been like, this man's up. crazy. I, I, an insane alien took me to jail. Get me out of here. <laughs> it's, Why? It, is, it is just... It was oh that that was it oh. that was actually the scene that's why I wrote what the fuck because I was just like what the fuck is going on this is insanity it is it was the weirdest end to a film that was I the thing that 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 makes Daredevil one of the worst films is to me it's not a movie it's just a series of events there is no actual plot in that movie this movie right. that's what's wrong with this movie there is no plot it's just a series of events in Superman's life and it is terrible and. I legitimately like I'm you know I'm not gonna be like I'm a like a staunch feminist or I usually don't notice stuff that people are like wasn't that offensive I'm like oh yeah now that you mention it that this movie I was like this movie is super offensive to women and I it's really bugging me (laughs) throughout this entire film I am highly offended by the way they are treating women raping them making them just like just they can't spell their jobs are easily just done by new employees who just are men. Like they fall off buildings, they they fall into holes. Like yeah, there's yeah. there's not a single good depiction of a woman in this film. It was film. just insanity. It's bad. Yeah, it's real I, bad. That's that's all my. Uh, I think that's all my notes. Do you have anything else we didn't hit on? No, just I, I began typing just insane, enraged gibberish by the end of it. No, it's like. It, you know, we we ripped on other movies in the past, like Batman specifically. We we, we tore apart, but we we all agreed that like it was a movie that was like watchable, like it, and and it maintained like some confidence about its you know portrayal of a character. This doesn't do that. This, this yeah, this is this starts off on a huge high note. Introduce 
super cool concepts, does a beautiful job visually and narratively representing an incredibly important character, and then just goes off the rails into Cocaine Town. Like, it's just... Yeah, it it is the most, like, just jarring changes of scenery. There's no coherent plot. There's no... Like, one of the things I, I really usually find annoying about older, like, 60s and 70s movies is... They, they didn't edit stuff out. Like, if a person walks from, like, a, like an area in the room or comes home, they show them going to the front door, opening the front door, closing the front door, walking into their office. You know, they can't just show the car pulling and cut and he's walking into his office and you're like, oh, he arrived home. Yeah, like, we, we get that now, but back then they didn't do that. That's what usually annoys me about older movies is I'm like, it's so slow. I don't need to see all this. Right. This film, I, I just don't even know how to describe it. It was just every part of it was the part I didn't want to see. It was just – it jumped – like it almost two was the other issue was it jumped constantly but over plot points. Like Lois is in Colorado. Why? I don't know. You'll, you'll have to figure out by just casual dialogue. Clark Kent is now a reporter in, uh, in Metropolis. Okay. Did he ever go to college? How did he get a – did he have a journalism degree? It's just there's no – like there's nothing. It's just scene to scene. It was very upsetting. Uh, but I want to also be clear here. This movie was nominated for three Academy Awards. What were the three though? Uh, best film editing, best what? music, <laughs> and best sound mixing. I'll give it best music. John Williams brought his shit. And Christopher Reeve, if he won any awards for this, I would have been fine with it. I thought for sure you were going to say it was like Marlon Brando was But no, best, best film editing went to this movie by, I don't know, a, 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 a maniac who fell down before he made that decision it and hit his head. horribly edited. Yeah, it's a disaster. And it won. It, it got nominated for a bunch of awards at like the British Film Academy. It, it, it won a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation and a BAFTA Award for Most Promising Newcomer, which I will get. Actually, Christopher Reeve was, was yeah. Awesome. I thought he was great in this, and, and such a bummer, to, like the way his life ended. You know, right? Yeah, totally. I, I tried not to think about while watching it because I was so excited to see yeah, him. I, I gotta say, since movie. I realized I had never actually watched more than fifteen minutes of like all of the the four Superman movies. I was like, damn, he really was just an amazing Superman. I really liked him. I liked him, you know, I'll also say controversially, I liked uh, Dean Cain in Lois and Clark. Is this is this still on? <clears throat> Hello? Did I, did I get disconnected? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I remember seeing that, um, like, Christopher Nolan saying that he, like, was inspired by these movies to direct his Batman movies. I was like, how? Like, what? In the sense that he was like, oh, What don't I see? He was like, you can put things on film. I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, like, what what did I miss from this movie that he got besides some of the early shit? Well, I don't know. I guess Dark Knight Rises makes as bad much sense in a lot of ways. That plot is so (laughs) fucking confusing that it might as well be this. Uh, So wrapping up, (sighs) Superman was uh, a film... That desperately needed a script supervisor, some editing, yeah. and and a little bit less cocaine. Yeah, and some just a modicum of respect for women. It's <laughs> just the smallest amount a person can find. Uh yeah, that was just. I mean, it's when you think about it. Could you imagine like a scene in Captain America: Civil War in which, for comedy relief, it's implied that a woman, an unconscious woman, is molested? 
Right. Yeah. It's like, just so bizarre to think. It's it was and those movies and those movies have Nazis in them. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, even the like, Red Skull's like. Ooh. And even then, you're like Red Skull, but like, guys, come on, that's a little respect. Well, All right, you guys, get out of here. Went real dark on us. All right. Well, uh, I think that does it then for Superman. Thank God. Uh, I'm. I'm this isn't your fault, audience, but I'm mad that you made me do this. Which is weird, because we actually picked the movies. Uh, we sure did. <laughs> this was... I'm glad we did it, though. Uh, no, it was important. And I hear Superman 2 is better. Again, I don't remember it very well from being a, a child, but... They uh, say I it's... Hear... I've heard that it's it's good, but the end sort of falls apart, because that's the part where Donner was fired. Right. And so there's, like, a, right. another edit with just his version that's supposed to be, like, really good. But watching this one, I'm like, I don't know, man. This was terrible and he directed it so but i I, i'm trying to also think of it in the way that it should be thought of which is what it would have appeared like to a 70s audience which apparently was huge because it was well received well i mean super popular i I remember like i read something probably back in the 90s that they you know one of those like made-up studies that you're never sure how they verified it but that they said they the the most recognizable symbol in the world is the cross the second is the Superman shield. And I mean, like, I just think he's such an iconic character that everyone knows yeah. who Superman is. Right. So, so, but this is like the first successful big budget Hollywood produced. I would say superhero. Yeah, movie. To use the term modern era is maybe a little odd since it's the seventies, but I think this is the first modern era. Like the, the first, this might be the first in color super superhero movie. Cause before this, you know, like in the forties and fifties, there was just a shit, but even serials with, yeah, those are like serials. This is like the this is like a like 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 Adventure Time like movie Superman Hollywood experience. This is like the beginning of like the franchises that come today. It's hard to see the roots though it, because yeah, of it's the, all the the messy plot and the bad uh, 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 editing and the confusing jumbled experience that they created. But there's pieces of it that I see as being important pillars, but it's it's buried under a lot of bad. Bad decisions. It's buried under Lois Lane's car. Yeah, yeah, under under just like sixteen dump trucks full of dirt the, and plot the, holes. Like it was great. Was every time they would show it, it would be falling, and then it would stop, and then they would cut back, and they'd be like nothing, and then it would start falling again. I'm like, what yeah. is going? Is there just a dude up there like taking shovels and just throwing them off? He doesn't realize yeah. there's a car down there. Oh. Uh, we should do some plugs. I forgot to plug this on our last mini episode. Remember the holiday season. You can buy uh, not another origin stories or not another origin stories first piece of merchandise, the Heavers T-shirt. Which let me tell you, Ben. Heavers. <laughs> exactly. Let me tell you, it's been flying off the shelves. And by that you mean zero? Let me tell you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not even a purchase. Not even by me yet. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna get there. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy one and wear it when I go to. Uh, when I'm at Gem City this year, the Gem City Comic Con, I'm going to wear it one day and just watch people look confused at me. But we've also discussed uh, just just a core logo shirt or something something like that. Some of that effect would be good, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely. I mean, the, oh, the shirt thing is pretty easy on our end, so we'll we'll definitely have some more merchandise up. I just thought uh, Sarah's suggestion of that just sounded so like insanely. No, it's a good shirt. The, the illustration's fantastic. I, I need a copy. I need, I need, a, I need a scan of that. <laughs> yeah, so... For Christmas, just send me a scan to hang up in my office. I will. Uh, so if you go to... Uh, uh, you know, I'm not even... Oh, boy. Just go to our Facebook sh- page. The link is there. You should have prepared this. Because <laughs> it's tpublic.com, T spelled T-E-E, 
uh, public.com slash user slash art of pogues. Or you can, if you go to our Facebook page, there's a post, probably like four posts back. Uh, and our Facebook page is, of course, facebook.com slash pod. If you're listening to the show and you don't like our Facebook page, please go do that. We post, uh, that's where Ben posts his sequential to cinema. We sometimes do little uh, joke images with quotes from the episode. Last week I posted Danny McBride next to the gangster from... You were so right, from Time Cop. Yeah, I was you, afraid you after, like, when I went to do it, I was like, God, I hope I'm not, like, on drugs. And I'm going to open it up and it looks nothing at all the same, but... No, you got it. Was it. Pretty, it was pretty spot on. I want to. Like, I wish I had a way to contact Danny McBride. Just to be like, did you tell them you wanted to look like this dude? Because it's creepy. But uh, check that page out. Uh, if you like the show, recommend us to a friend or a relative or a coworker that you don't like. And please rate us on iTunes. It helps us appear higher in search results. And it increases the chances that one day we could be spotlighted, which is like every day they just randomly pick something and and turn it out. But it requires that it has like a certain number of reviews. So if you can give us a five-star review, maybe write something, that'd be awesome. You can also leave uh, reviews on Stitcher's website. Yep. So uh, our friend Frank has done that. We've been reviewed there. And you can always go by SoundCloud where you can actually leave comments on specific timestamps of the show. Our, our buddy Schulte does that a lot. Uh, leave. So if, if you hear us struggling to answer a, a basic question, remember a factoid, or, or struggle to, to name an actor or actress, you can go in there and sort of proact- uh, or, or post-actively yell at us. Yes, and, and, and please do uh, yell at us. Yeah, we like it. Uh, let us know and we'll read those and we'll talk about them on our next mini episode. Me and Ben haven't exactly talked what we're going to do since next week is, uh, the Christmas holiday for secular Americans and most parts of the world, as well as Christians. Uh, we will probably not be recording. I'm not sure. Our, we'll, we'll figure out what's going on. Maybe we'll have just something random up, uh, but we'll be back if, if, Maybe we might be two weeks off. I don't know. Something will be up at some point during over one of the next two weeks, whether it's a mini episode or it's just something else. Check back. And uh, we've got big plans already for next year. We've got a, a what I think is a is going to be a great idea for February. Although it's going to be it's going to be rough stuff for me and Ben <laughs> and our guest, but I think it'll end up being pretty good. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at it's pokes and my website art of pokes Ben. Um, I can be found at the Disco Pony or any of my general information, past articles, writings, I'm going to think can be found at therealbenchapman.com. And that does it. Uh, this has been Not Another Origin Story. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you back here next week. Seriously, he used to shoot little Supermans out of his hand. It's a thing. It was in a comic. Anyway.